Imagine pursuing a career in medicine and then feeling that God wants you to drop everything and go full-time in online ministry. Well, as it turns out, my guest for today's episode had to navigate this exact situation. This is the Digital Missions Podcast. Yo, welcome to the Digital Missions Podcast, where our goal is to equip you to reach your first million people with the gospel. And here's the thing, all things being equal, you're gonna have a greater longevity with your ministry if you can figure out the system to being able to monetize your content and thus make it all sustainable. As promised, today we're gonna continue our conversation with Jeremiah Mensa, a content creator who has taken the leap to go all in on digital missions while having a nine month old baby. This is how Jeremiah is using online ministry to pay the bills. So uh, one other thing I want to talk about, because you are navigating a transition that very, very few people get to do. And I'm so excited for you. Uh, very, very happy for you. And it's this transition to the world of full-time online ministry. So can you can you rewind for us a little bit? Talk to us about what you were doing. Uh, this is just pure curiosity. Voca- what were you doing vocationally prior? And how in the world do you decide to take this big of a risk when you have a brand new baby? Like that just seems, that seems a little bit reckless, Jeremiah. And I know, cause I've done some reckless things in my life as well, movements by faith. Um, but I want to hear the background story for you and just the motivation behind that. Okay. Uh, so there's two leaps of faith in this story. The first one is I spent my entire life working towards uh, a career in medicine. I was going to become a doctor. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about all the stereotypes of people from Africa and education. It's a very important thing. It's it's like Asians, as far as I understand it. Yes, there is some truth to those stereotypes. Like, <laughs> and I'm sure you know that, too. So so I was I was in college. I was in school my entire life just trying to be a doctor. And it's something that I genuinely desired. It wasn't just because my parents said so, but I also knew that my parents said so, you know, so <laughs> I'm I, sure you're I, keenly aware. Yeah, I was I was very much aware of that. So I'm in my final year of college. Um, I'm supposed to take my MCAT, take my, uh, get my stuff ready to apply to med school. And that's when the call became even more intense on my heart. Like, hey, this is where your path diverges. You know, you either become a doctor and don't go into ministry because, you know, I had that thought I could do both, you know, and I know some people can do both, but hey, that's not what God was calling power to me. Them. More power <laughs> yeah, to them. Yeah, God, that's not what God was calling me to do. So it was, yeah, you either take this route or you go into ministry and you don't become a doctor. Um, and it was my final semester of college. I remember uh, by God's grace and with my parents being inspired by my parents, you know, knowing that they were watching me every step of the way, my grades were pretty good. And I knew that I could go into med school. I knew that I could make it so, but I also wanted to answer the call. So I remember just my final semester of college, letting my grades just like fall and like bombing the whole semester oh, no. just so I wouldn't have anything to fall back on. But it still came down to me saying yes to God in that regard. So that was the first leap of faith. I uh, finished out, finished with my degree, got got my degree, which is still unopened. It's still in the envelope in my closet. But wow, yeah. is, is that an, that sounds like an intentional decision. Yes. Yes, yeah, so there, there's some symbology as to not opening up the degree. What's going on there? Yeah, so my degree is in biology, and that from there, the only thing you can do with a bachelor's in biology is basically work in a lab or maybe be an assistant somewhere. You know, usually when you get a degree in biology, you're going to med school. So to me, it was like if I open this up, it's a decision to go to med school. 
And if I don't open it up, then I'm trusting God for the other route, which is ministry. But I ended up working for a year as a medical scribe where I got to meet doctors and talk to them about their career choice and things like that. And funny enough, that actually solidified my choice to not go into medicine because a lot of them told me they didn't want to be doctors anymore. They wouldn't do it again. It was pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, that was the first leap of faith. And then I started my... Uh, sorry, real quick. At, yeah. at this time, uh, had you had the viral videos already? Whoa. No, this was 2019. I started TikTok in 2021. Oh, wow. So yeah, so... Okay, so you were just prior. hardcore feeling a call towards ministry, just generally speaking. I know... Was, was there any real evidence that you were qualified for ministry or was this just in in the confines of your heart, God solidifying a calling? So is it my is heart, just that simple? And the, <laughs> and the WhatsApp ministry was already going since 2014. So I'd, I'd already been ministering to people uh, through text. And then we had some Bible studies with some friends from college and things like that. But, you know, you and do for all... context, how large how large was the WhatsApp group? WhatsApp group at its largest was probably 120, 120. 30 people. Goodness gracious. Okay. Yeah, awesome. that's, I think so. So, and then we had just like small group Bible studies and things like that in person here. Um, most of the people on WhatsApp were from Ghana or, you know, African countries or a few international places as well. But yeah, so that was 2019 to 2020 when I worked as a scribe and talked to doctors and things like that. And then 2020, of course, COVID happened. So we were getting less traffic in the emergency room because I worked in a low-level emergency room where it was just like colds and flus and things like that. So at this time, you're not being encouraged to go to the ER if it's not an emergency. Like if it's a cold, go get some, you know, ibuprofen or something and then just take care of yourself at home. So the need for scribes kind of dwindled down and I didn't lose my job, but I decided to quit because I used that honestly as kind of a buffer to delay me having to break the news to my parents that I wasn't going to med school. You know, if I'm working it on the ER, I could kind of delay that a little bit. But yeah, but 2020 was when I said, okay, I, I got to leave this job and then start working towards what I believe God is calling me to do. And then let's see what happened between, that was around July, 2020. And in November, was it November? Yeah. In November, we started, my girlfriend and I started making plans to get married. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, career-wise, I'd quit my job. I was just doing a lot of side hustles. I was doing DoorDash, Uber, you know, things like that. I, I think for I, some... I got some friends doing that. Some friends who are supremely talented and they're doing the gig economy just to make ends meet so they can pursue their passions. Exactly. So, shout exactly. out to the homies. <laughs> exactly. So for a long time, I was in that place where I didn't, for some reason, I didn't want to go back to work in a regular like job. So that's what I was doing for a while. And then we made plans to get married. 2021 was when I started ministry on WhatsApp. And then because of marriage, marriage plans and all that kind of dwindled, uh, kind of uh, slowed down the momentum when I was on social media. So the second leap of faith came when, oh yeah, this is probably an important piece of information. So this whole time in 2020, I started my music ministry on, on uh, YouTube. So I make music, worship instrumentals. I just put it on YouTube, yeah, three hours long, an hour long, things like that. And up to this point, it wasn't really paying that much. Uh, it took a year for it before I started paying anything at all. So early 2021 wasn't at any point for a full-time income. So I was still doing the gig stuff. And I'm also a gig and musician, I guess. So I, I play in churches and 
that's also another source of income, but nothing super concrete. And then we had us, we know we got married and then two months later, we realized that we had a little baby on the way. So we're like, okay, oh boy. <laughs> time to, uh, time to get serious with this. And so I went, I, I went all in first on the music channel where I was just putting videos consistently and improving my production quality and things like that. And then from 2021 through 2022, we started picking up some steam. And then late 2022 to this point, it's doing extremely well by God's grace. And it's gotten to the point where it can sustain my family. So that's... Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. So it was at that point late last year that I sat down with my wife and I was like, she had already been telling me to go into full-time ministry. She she is the one that God uses to go. discipline me. <laughs> like, hey, I know God... <laughs> I know she will come like, hey, I know God has already told you about this. Because that's the only reason why I could be hearing about it. So, you know, you should be doing this. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. But, you know, finances and things like that. But God being so good, the music ministry was able to get to the point to sustain us. I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I know I'm not going to worry too much about finances. I'm just going to dive right in and go all in in 2023. And thankfully, since the beginning of this year, I haven't looked back. I haven't gone back to like gig and all work and or anything like that. That was a long story, but <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. That's that gives me so much more appreciation for the way that you carry yourself online. And huge shout outs to the wife. Uh, we share a similar story in that, in that uh we took what most people would describe as a premature leap of faith, uh, maybe a, a reckless, irresponsible decision. And uh it was only because of the support of uh our respective wives. And so, you know, scripture talks about who could find a virtuous woman for her, her value is far above rubies. And that's definitely been the case for me. Uh, I would have never been, never even come close to what we're doing today if it wasn't for my wife being willing to say, all right, Justin, go ahead, quit your job. I'll carry the bills for a little while and, and we'll figure this out by faith. So very excited to hear that it's been working out for you. Um, if you feel comfortable, I would love to hear a bit about the kind of the business model and I guess how that interacts with the strategy of doing music content on YouTube. Cause my, my, I guess the way that I understand social media is from the perspective of kind of a thought influencer or a thought leader. The idea of doing music is something that's very foreign, but I know that there's a lot of people here who, who want to be digital missionaries in their own rights, but they definitely want to do it through their calling and their gifting as a musician. So can you talk us through about what's unique about that and how you go about sustaining an actual livelihood through music ministry on social media? Yeah. Uh, there's so many different ways to go about it. I mean, I see, te you know, there's the teaching gift and you might not necessarily be called to teach scriptures or teach things from the Bible, but you could be gifted with just the ability to teach anything that God has gifted you with. And so I have a friend who is an extremely gifted bassist and I'm constantly telling him, Hey, you should put some videos out there. You should teach people. I want to learn bass. I have a bass hanging on the wall, but I don't, I don't play bass yet. So I want to learn and things like that. So there's different ways to go about it. You could teach if you feel called to that, you could, um, make, uh, instrumental videos that people can use in their uh, worship or meditating on scripture or whether they're just spending time with God, you could do that. I also started learning how to make 
lo-fi beats which is like these very chill you use lo-fi beats a lot so you uh, know what i love lo-fi <laughs> yeah, i love yeah. me some more for, for those who are uninitiated what does lo-fi mean <laughs> lo-fi is low fidelity it's just it's supposed to be low quality on purpose music that's just super vibey super chill that you can just listen to bob your head to and do whatever you want to do just chill and so i started doing that in the christian space as well um and then my main one is the worship instrumentals, which are just extended instrumentals of usually popular music that people are using to worship. And that, you know, there's, there's so many different routes you could go with it. Okay. So the fact that you're making three hour long worship videos, uh, leads me to believe that what you're trying to do is get people who like the style of music that you create and are willing to listen to it in the background, perhaps. Maybe they're cleaning the house. Maybe they're going on a walk. Maybe it's background music for their devotional time. I don't know exactly what that, the idea is, but the idea is kind of more passive consumption rather than like, let me give you my best performance, my best rendition of how great thou art kind of a thing. You're looking for something that's very passive. So then how does that actually work with monetization? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that if you add a bunch of ad breaks in the middle, it kind of undoes the very thing that you're going for. Did you just deal with it? Or is there a different monetization strategy than that? Yeah, so I don't put ad breaks in the middle of the instruments, no matter how long they are. And I've had people be like, yo, I'm so thankful that you don't put ad breaks in the middle of your, your music and things yeah, like that. Man. An, an ad every 30 minutes seems totally justifiable. <laughs> yeah, it is. But for me, I was like, if I was listening to this, and I don't know at what point the person is in terms of, their time with God, you know, it could be an hour long and an hour later, they're like in that place where they're communing with God and hearing from him. And it's just like, just an <laughs> ad, just a random Kleenex ad or, or whatever. Uh, Mr. Beast feastable right, ad. All exactly. Of a sudden. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, that ruined my night. So I kind of thought about it from that perspective. And from the beginning, from the moment I was monetized, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And it just shows how kind and, and gracious and faithful God is because without putting those ad breaks in. I know I could make a lot more with those, but even without that, God has still brought it to a place where it's sustaining us. So I don't see the need for it. And I'm just coming at it from a place of service. And like you said, if it's if it's meant to be, you know, an eight minute video or a 10 minute video where it's, you know, just come consume this and go, then you can put an ad, you know, wherever. But I for me, it's not that. It's more like listen to this while you're, you're reading scripture, listen, you know, put, put the volume on like 10% and just let it play in the background. And that's kind of, that's how I've done it. Okay. So I, I get the heart behind it. And I think that speaks volumes about your motivation for doing online ministry. You're forsaking a potential career in medicine. You're taking this giant leap of faith with a baby, uh, you know, in your arms kind of a thing. And you're not turning on ads. You still haven't answered the question, though, about how you're actually able to pay the bills when all your content doesn't have advertisements. So talk to me about monetization. Yes. Yeah, so at the beginning of the video on YouTube, there is an ad, um, which you'll find for most videos on YouTube. So that's primarily how I'm, I'm monetizing is at the beginning. And if someone were to watch to the end of a three-hour video, maybe they fell asleep or whatever, I have like a 12-hour <laughs> a 12 hour video with the blessing just on loop for 12 hours and some people listen to the end and at the end there'll be an ad before the next video and so those two okay points, so you got a pre-roll and a post-roll ad is, is the limitations that you set for yourself yes exactly yeah oh uh, do you ever look at the retention rate for these long videos like what is the because i know that the 
desired retention rate is different for different time domains of videos. Uh, for example, back in the vlogging era with Casey Neistat, um, it seemed like if you could get over the 80% mark, that's how you get a viral video. If you can get over like the 50% mark, that was like a really successful video. But I'm gonna guess that you don't see any kind of retention rates anywhere near that. What, what's a what's a retention rate for one of your videos? I would say, oh, I would say uh, 30% maybe on average for for oh, a wow, three hours. Still video. really good. Yeah, for a three hours. That's video. incredible. But is that is that what 40 minutes out of three hours is? I think that's 30%. 30, 40 minutes. Uh, no, 30% would be, yeah, maybe around, maybe a little bit more than 40 minutes. Yeah, that's that sounds accurate. Yeah, so that's that's about 45 minutes um, and people would tend to log up. So what I've done is now I'll put a card because I didn't usually put cards. I'll put a card around a 30 minute mark that's like to a playlist. So you can now go there if you're tired of this one and go listen to something else. That's awesome. Okay, so is the uh, just to confirm, the entirety of your monetization strategy is creating uh worship videos that can be used in the background 10% volume is what you said and the only ads that you run are pre-rolls and post-roll ads that is to say that the ad plays prior to the video starting and after the video is over before it goes to the next video is there any other strategy for monetization for you there's a there's a merch store but that doesn't that's not a huge chunk of what <laughs> of the revenue from that uh but yeah that's about it yeah that's incredible. And you're able to sustain a family doing this. Praise yes, the sir. Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So let's let's wrap things up a little bit more. Bring everything together. Give me a sense of what, let's say, an average week looks like for you. You have TikTok. You have Instagram. You've got this worship YouTube ministry as well as this teaching YouTube ministry. Occasionally, you gig on the side. Talk to me about kind of what are some of the benchmarks for you as far as what you're trying to create Give us a scope of the all-encompassing ministry and kind of what are some of those key rhythms that you're trying to put into place? Awesome. Uh, so I break my month up into four weeks. March had five. So the the fifth week is an extra. It's a bonus for me. I can do whatever I want. I can like chill and make lo-fi music. But usually in a four-week month, I would have um, maybe my music ministry for the first week of the month, which is... That's a worship. I'll make the instrumentals. I'll make the pictures that go on the YouTube video. I would break it up into shorter versions for Spotify and a live stream that I'm I'm running twenty four seven. So, yeah, I did forgot to talk about that as well. But yeah, no, no, that like, makes sense. I, I was actually going to ask if you do that because that's that's a genius. Because then you could tap into um, what are they called super chats or live donations? Right. Yeah. It's not it's not at that point yet, but eventually you could. You know. Um, so. Then so I do all the work for the music ministry uh, in that week, everything uh, for the next month I should say everything for the next month, and then in week two I'll take care of everything for the YouTube teaching ministry. I'll make the thumbnails, make record the videos. Well, now I have a friend who helps me with that. Um, I he's a editor and graphic designer. I I got that tip from you as well. So I paid a friend to help there me with you that. Go. So smart. Yeah. So he does the editing and the thumbnails and stuff. And I just have to record four videos in that one week. Which no wait, sorry. Before that week, I spent a week preparing those videos. So let's say week two of the month is planning the the videos that I would then record in week three, which he would which he has time now for the whole month to edit and get to me uh, back in time. And then week four is lo-fi, whatever, catching up on what whatever I missed. If I fell behind somewhere, 
I would take care of that as well. So in, in the midst of all this, I bulk create my content on Mondays of each of those weeks, my short form content for each of those weeks. So Mondays is usually for short form content, carousels, whatever, but that's relatively new. I tried what you said though. I tried, you know, waking up and just whatever is fresh on my heart that day and doing it. Uh, but I couldn't get it. I couldn't get into a rhythm with that. So I think I'm more on the side of don't create too much. Yeah. Just don't batch too far ahead, but you know, batch for the week. And that's where I'm at with show from. I think that makes a lot of sense. Cause then, uh, the flip side of that is if you're not trying to create something new every single day, but instead you batch like once a week, you can mull over themes and ideas for an entire week. Right. And right. so if you are able to get far enough in advance, you can, you can study certain themes and kind of space them out. So that way that there's a reoccurring kind of rhythm with all your content. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. I was doing that a lot with my Sabbath series. Uh, whenever I would read a book on Sabbath or something along those lines, I'd create five, six, seven pieces of Sabbath content all in one week. But then I would just schedule them out for Fridays and Saturdays because that's when I would typically upload those pieces of content. And boom, I was ready to go. And so it was allowing me to focus my attention in one area for kind of a, a focused amount of time. And that seemed to bear a lot of fruit. I wanted to kind of close things off with two questions that I tend to kind of wrap things up with. Question number one is this, what advice would you give to kind of the aspiring digital missionary, the person who is maybe in between uh, having already started, but not yet quite to the point where they feel like things have taken off to the extent that they want. Maybe that mile marker for them is a certain number of followers. Maybe that mile marker for them is sustainability and monetization. Just that that in-between stage. What advice would you give to someone who's kind of just, they're in it, but they're wanting to get more from the efforts that they're putting into it? Yeah, um, I'd say, like you said, maybe their marker is, you know, a follow count or a view count. I'd say scrap that. You know, don't, don't focus on, on those metrics at all. Um, it, it's not beneficial in that you don't control that outcome directly. And it's also not just good for your mental health if that's what you're expecting. And you set a, a time-based goal for that and it doesn't happen. So I focus more on input. I, I call them input-based goals. I'm sure there's a better term for it. So I can control how many videos I create in a day versus how many likes I want on a video. You know, So I can say for, for this week, I want to make sure I batch create all the content that I need for this week. That's... That's an input-based goal. And whatever comes out of that is, I just leave it to the algorithm and to and to God. Just, you know, just take it wherever you want to take it. So when you set a goal that's just dependent on you, you're able to focus on what you can do, the things that you can control, how you need to manage your time so that you get that uh, goal accomplished. And then when you do accomplish, you're like, yeah, I did that. You know, I was able to do it. And it's helpful for your mental health as well, as opposed to setting up a metric or something like that as your goal. Uh, also, do not focus too much on gear. <laughs> gear is not, it It helps. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, it's not, you know, I, I've been doing this for two years and I still don't own a camera, you know, so it's... Hey, there you go. I am, uh, I used to make all my TikToks on my phone and edit them on my phone and post it. But now I just upgraded my computer like late last year. And so I edit on the computer but I use my phone for everything. YouTube videos, I record on my phone. I'll give you one guess as to what I'm using as my webcam right now. 
It's my phone. <laughs> you, you know. There so, you go. There you go. So as long as you have a phone from the last three or four years, you are solid. You're good to go for short form content and even for long form content. And that would be my biggest two pieces of advice, just the way you set goals and focusing on your message and what you're called to teach rather than the gear. It helps to some extent, but I feel like once you have good audio, you have a good, um, you have good lighting. I only have one light box. It's here and good video. You're good to go. You know, you don't have to get the fancier stuff. Love it. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, last question I want to talk to you about is uh, just what your sense about the future of the church, at least in, in the United States is, I think it's very interesting that you felt a call from God to do ministry, a very clear one, one that you're willing to put everything on the line for, and yet you don't sign up to become a pastor. The way that God has you answer the call, at least so far, maybe things will change in the years to come, we don't know, but at least so far is to be focused on creating content and to do this social media ministry thing, to be a digital missionary, as we call on the Digital Missionary Podcast. Um, what are your thoughts about the future of the church and any reflections on that simple phenomenon that God called you, at least in the last couple of years, to be a digital missionary? Yeah, no, it was interesting to me as well, because I thought when when I kept feeling the call and sensing it and knowing that it was getting closer to the time for me to make a decision, I was trying to think, okay, so do I just, do I go to seminary? Do I get a, a good Bible education? What do I do? You know, do I try to uh, sign up to be a pastor or whatever? Interesting thing from a background is God has always somehow pushed me away from the pastoral position in places that I've been, quote unquote, noticed as like, oh, he is able to teach the Bible. Or I think I was listening to one of the episodes and I forgot who it was. He said he was an evangelist. And then he realized that it was actually a lot to be an evangelist and stuff like that. So when people see that you have a passion for God, the first thing they go to is, oh, you should be a pastor. You should be an evangelist. But God has somehow pushed me away from that over the course of the last few years. So I found it interesting as well. And I think it says a lot for, to uh, as it says a lot about where the church is going in the sense that there, there are definitely some shifts. You know, there was the, early church, which was like, yeah, we meet in homes and we break bread together and that's the church. And then, you know, fast forward to maybe the last century, there were the huge tent medians and the crusades and, you know, these huge, huge crowds of people just gathered in the stadium, which still happens today, but it's not the norm, you know. But now today you have just some people know more Christian YouTubers than they do pastors. Some people know, uh, the, the doctrine, some people get more of their doctrine from people on social media than from the people that they listen to in church. Like I go to church and I see people on their phones, I see people sleeping, but they will spend a lot of time <laughs> on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, and maybe they're listening to people on there. So I think it's not an either or, but it's, it's a both. So if you're running a church, you should also be putting out content because you're not, you're most likely never going to have a million people in the same church building with you, but you could reach a million people. And that's, that's only going to come through social media ministry. So I think the more we focus on doing both for those who are called to run a ministry, like a, a church or something, do it with all your heart. Yes. But take what you're already doing. The, why do I keep messing this up? Lowest to leftover principle. Just take that, <laughs> take that principle 
and just break down what you're already doing and, and dish it out to people on social media who might never, ever come to your church. So that's, that's what I think. You know, the scripture talks about how in the end times, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. And I don't know for you, but for me, uh, kind of growing up, I used to believe that only the pastors had the Holy Spirit. Only the evangelists had uh, the gift of ministry or the calling of ministry. And the more that I lean into this online ministry thing, I start to realize that this might be one of the ways that prophecy is being fulfilled, that people like Jeremiah and maybe you, the listener, uh, by you responding to the call to be a digital missionary, you might literally be a fulfillment of prophecy and you might be that person that God is wanting to work through to reach the next million people with the good news of what Jesus has done for us. And so to that end, we want to encourage every single one of you guys, if God is putting it on your heart to get started or to be more committed than you have been up to this point, I would encourage you get off the sidelines, put your whole effort into it, your whole heart into it, because who knows where he might lead it. It might be down the route where you quit your job and you have your whole family relying on your online ministry like Jeremiah and myself. Hopefully not. It might be that. We don't know. But I'll say this. Categorically, having chosen to say yes to God's invitation has been nothing but blessings for my family in every sense of the way. And so we just want to encourage you, whatever God's calling you to do, lean into that and say yes today. If there's anything that we can learn from this episode, it's this, that the Holy Spirit is strategically placing men and women of faith in position to impact the world. Yes, many of these faithful are in fact being placed in the local church. That of course is a given and not to be forgotten. And as in the case with Jeremiah, many are being directly called to become digital missionaries. Let me be completely transparent with what I feel that God has placed on my heart. My mission with this podcast and with everything else that I do in this space is to train 10,000 digital missionaries. My hope is to share these stories and the strategies behind them with as many people as the Spirit of God is calling so that they can reach the world with the gospel. So, as I say in every episode, if this is you, if you are sensing the call and you're looking for some training, send me an email. I want to send you my masterclass free of charge to get you launched into the deep. Who knows, maybe you'll find what Jeremiah has found, that with a little bit of elbow grease and a whole lot of faith, that you too could be reaching millions with the gospel and making a career out of it as well. Here's my email address, hello at justinku.com. If this is you, send me an email and I'll pass along a free coupon code for podcast listeners only to get you free access to the training.